0: Would you grab the hand of the person next to you as we pray? Uh, God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for what it is that you want to speak to us. Lord, I pray that what you speak to us this morning would reveal something that we've never uh, seen before, God. That we would understand something that we've never had understanding of before, Lord God. That you would just reveal something new to each and every person in the name of Jesus. amen. 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 So, I preached on something in first service and then sitting here... Um, I kind of felt God say, preach on something else. So we're going to talk about someone else's service. But um, at the end of last the last service, I was talking about taking risk and listening to the voice of God and pursuing it. And I was like, well, I guess I kind of have to do that, too. So uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to be starting in verse 45. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45. And today my talk with you guys is you're missing out. You are missing out. So here we go. Starting verse 45, thus it is written, the first man, Adam, somebody say Adam. Adam. Okay, guys, the teenagers do better. All right, here we go. Adam, somebody say Adam. Adam. We're getting there. Okay, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, somebody say Adam. Adam. Became a life giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is the first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man from dust. The second man is from heaven, as was the man of dust. So also are those who are of the dust, and is the man of heaven. So also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of man, of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Lord, I pray that the scripture would speak to us, God, something fresh, something new. In the name of Jesus, amen. So my wife and I get asked quite often, what is the biggest change from California? You moved from, this is like the FAQ section of uh, my my talk. So like the, the first thing we always get asked is like, What's, what's the biggest difference that you see? And the first thing that we have noticed a humongous difference in is the food. Food is entirely, entirely different in the Midwest than it is in Southern California. And particularly when it comes to our favorite kind of food, which is Mexican food. Um, I think some of you guys are missing out on the glory that is true Mexican food. So we lived, so Adriana's, Adriana's family's all from Mexico. My family's from Mexico, like, way earlier down the line. But, and so where we lived at in Southern California, we were about three and a half hours from the border. So we used to go to Mexico and eat. We'd go down to the beach, stay there all the time for vacation and stuff. we just go get real Mexican food all the time. Then you go to San Diego, which is basically real Mexican food. And then just all of Southern California, L.A., all that, just amazing, amazing, amazing Mexican food all the time, everywhere you go, everyone. Our church that we came from was a bilingual church. We had a Spanish service and an English church service. So after church every Sunday, the Hispanic church always had so much food. We would just go over there, eat homemade Mexican food all the time. So amazing. So coming here, we were asking people all the time, is there any good Mexican places to eat? And people were like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There's tons of them. And I don't know why it is but this is the word everyone uses. They say it's authentic. I'm like, okay. I'm like, have you been to Mexico? It's authentic, okay? So all the time. And then they all, all the Mexican places here for some reason are like tequila, margarita, something, I don't know. Uh, So we've been to all these different places and they always start off great. They get the first half really good. They've got chips and they've got salsa, okay? Not hard. Not hard to mess up, right? You deep fried some tortillas. Okay, good job, right? We got it. We always... And so we're always, like, hesitant. We're like, okay, let's see. Let's see what's on the menu. And what's funny is everyone says the same thing, like, is the thing to order here. They all say fajitas. Like, you have to order fajitas. I think I've... I don't think I've ever had fajitas in my life. Like, it's just... Like, when I think Mexican food, I don't think fajitas. That's just like, nah... You don't really have fajitas in California or Mexico. We just didn't have fajitas. I don't know if it's authentic or not, but we'd always be like, okay. So we were like, open the menu and look, and it's just like fifteen versions of fajitas. We're like, okay. Guess you guys have fajitas, right? And then and then there's this stuff called ground beef with, you know, taco seasoning. And those are tacos apparently here, you know? So there's just there's just things here that it's just like, okay. This is totally not what we're used to, like, when it comes to the Mexican food. And all the Mexican places here, they have half of it right. It's like we go in, okay, you got the first half right. You got deep fried tortillas, okay, and you got salsa. And then when it comes to the menu, we're like, oh, Lord be with us. You know, it's like, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish we could take all of you guys to Southern California with you and, like, take you have some street tacos on the beach. There's this amazing there's this picture of like uh, the taco men and it says not all heroes wear capes you know like california is a humongous deal and in mexico there's this beautiful angel of a man that walks down the beach okay he has this cart that he pushes and it has a giant a tub of um, oil that he uses for deep frying Then is then he has this huge cylinder filled with churro dough And it has a steering wheel on the end. And so as he's walking down the beach, he's yelling, ringing his bell. And you're like, bro, I want some churros. So he comes over, and they turn the wheel, and it just deep fries it right in front of you. Churros. They scoop it out. Who's hungry? Anyway, okay, so they scoop it out. They put it in this bag, and it's like 10 pesos, which is like two pennies here. So they're like, "Here, here's this huge thing of churros, and you're just sitting on the beach eating these fresh churros. It's like amazing, amazing, amazing. Then we're like, okay. No Mexican food, really, in Illinois, right? The first half is right. Second half, not so much. And our lives as Christians, many of us have part of our calling right. But we're kind of missing out on the second half. You have the deep fried tortillas. Good. But you're kind of missing out on the second part of your calling. So what Paul is talking about here is he's saying there's been two Adams. There was Adam, there was Adam and Eve, Genesis chapter 1. And there was a second Adam whose name was Jesus. These are the two Adams. Adam was made from dust. Adam and Eve, both of them were made from the dust, right? They're both fleshly people. Jesus had a supernatural birth. He was of the spirit. And he's signifying here there's two callings. There's a physical calling, and then there's also a calling for us in the spiritual realm. Now that we are made, we are not just of the physical anymore. Since Jesus came, we are not just of man, but we are also of spirit, as this scripture is telling us. So real quickly, I want to turn to Genesis uh, chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 10, we see something really, really cool about Adam and Eve. Jesus has just created Adam, he just created Eve, all seven then, or he just created Adam and then Eve. He goes on to say this, out uh, describing Eden. He says this, a river flowed out of Eden to the water, or to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The first name was Pishon, and it... It was the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. Somebody say gold. Gold. We're going to come back to that. And the gold of that land is good, but Delium and Onyx Stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is Tigris, which flows from the east of Assyria and through the fourth river of the Euphrates. So this is what... God is saying here, he says, okay, I created Adam and I put him in the garden. Then I created this amazing land around Adam. But if you notice the stuff he's talking about here, isn't stuff that you just like run and grab real fast. It's not like fruit, right? Oh, there's an apple. I'm going to pick the apple, right? He says, there's all these rivers running through. There's gold, there's onyx, there's all these stuff, right? You have to mine these things. These aren't things that are just readily available. Part of our calling was this earth has been created and there's so much potential. And it's time for us to step up and go and subdue the land. We have dominion over it, as it says later in that chapter. We are to mine this land to create civilization. That is our calling as first Adam. To go seek out this gold, seek out this rubies, all this. We've been given so much potential. It's time for us to go and pursue this, which I believe many Christians today are doing an amazing job of. There's amazing Christians in the workforce that are all in media. There's all kinds of Christians that are doing amazing, amazing things in the physical realm. We, in every workforce, they've been doing amazing, amazing things. But that's just tortillas. That's just the appetizer, okay? That's Old Testament. That's what happened in the Old Testament. Then after Jesus, we see all of a sudden a new breed of followers of Jesus. Things start to change a little bit. You see, there's this thing called the New Testament, God's new promise with us, and there's these four books called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all talking about Jesus, all talking about how he was born, how he uh, lived his life, called his disciples, And then he was crucified, and three days later rose again. And then right after that, we have this book called Acts, or Works, Acts. And in this, we start to see a little bit of a different breed of people than in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we see all these kings. We see all these people that are doing well. They're mining, doing all this. In this New Testament, we start to see some crazy stuff start to happen. God starts to work, not in the natural But in the supernatural, the miraculous starts to happen. It had gotten to a point where there was a group of guys that were going around doing things and that they were so in tune with their spirit, not just their flesh, with their spirit, they would walk down the street and their shadows would heal people. They would pull people out of the house that were sick and line the roads with them. And be like, okay, I hope their shadow touches me so I can be healed. A little bit of a different breed of followers than go and take care of the garden. Little bit of a different breed. We see all kinds of crazy stuff happen. But I wanna read Mark 16. Mark chapter 16. So this is right before the book of Acts begins, that crazy stuff I was just talking about. Mark 16. It's often referred to as the Great Commission. Jesus hanging out with his homies. He's like, I'm about to leave. I've I've already resurrected. I've been here hanging out with you. But now it's time for me to go to heaven. So I have some things that I need you to take care of while I'm gone. I'm not here anymore. I'm not going to be here. I'm going to go sit with my dad in heaven. And we're going to allow you guys to do some amazing things on the earth. So this is how it reads. Uh, Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 15, it says this. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Awesome scripture. This is what we hear all the time. Go forth, make disciples, right? This is great commission. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But then most of the time we stop there. We don't kind of read through the rest of this chapter. Follow with me through the rest of this. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Okay, here's here's the good part. Verse 17. And these will accompany those who believe. My new breed of believers, this is what they're going to be like. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Say, okay, Jesus, you kind of took things to a new level here. You told me before I'm supposed to be a gardener, take care of the garden. Now you're telling me I'm going to be like the exorcist and cast out demons. What is going on here? All of a sudden we see a huge change happen. This isn't exactly what we hear like, you're called to ministry, go pray for somebody. You want to be a Christian? These are the signs of Christians. They cast out demons. They lay hands on the sick and they're healed. It's like, oh, ho, ho, ho. that's a little touchy, buddy. That's kind of a little crazy. I remember, I remember when I first started going to ministry school, when I first started going to Bible school, I was at one of my good friends' house, and their mom was talking to me. And they said, um, they said oh, what kind of Bible school is that? I said, it's Assemblies of God. I said, we're, you know, Pentecostal. You're Pentecostal? I'm like, yeah. Like, what's weird with that? Like, I grew up Pentecostal. Like, first person first I ever saw speaking tongues was my dad. Like, I'm just like, grew up that way. So to me, it's just like normal. He was like, they're like, you're Pentecostal. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with that? I said, do you guys like, jump and shout and like swing from chandeliers? <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just sitting there like, uh, like you guys believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, don't you? the miraculous. I'm like, yeah, don't you? I'm like, it's in the Bible. Like, <laughs> but that's kind of the way this works, right? And people kind of label it as like a weird thing. If you like the miraculous, <sighs> you're kind of weird, man. You're one of those weird Christians. It's like, no, I've just read the whole New Testament. <laughs> it's like... Uh... So another time, I remember high school, same, around the same time, I remember I went to a dinner with a group of friends, and one of my friends brought her boyfriend, like, to introduce to the whole group of friends, and we're like, all right, cool. So I'm talking to him, and I'm like, I think we're, like, at Chili's or something, I'm like, hey, man, you know, what kind of church do you go to? You go to a church? She goes, oh, we're a Christian church. I'm like, all right, like, uh, are you guys probably like a denomination or anything like that. Um, the Christian kind. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm like, do you guys, like, believe, you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit? Do you, you know, what do you guys believe? I said, oh, yeah. We totally, totally believe in gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then he says this. He says, but we don't do anything crazy like speaking tongues. We don't do anything crazy like that. And, and all my friends, we're all, like, hardcore Pentecostals. And we're all just sitting there like, hmm. So the guy asks me, he says, why do you guys speak in tongues? And I just looked them straight in the face at dinner. We're like at Chili's. I said, I speak in tongues every day. And who's just like, oh, uh, this is kind of awkward, right? And I was like, yeah, get the check, please. You know, it's just like, like super awkward. You could cut the tension with a knife, right? But I don't understand why for so many of us, the miraculous has become something that's like, oh, that's kind of crazy. When really it's part of our calling, Just as much as you're called to be a carpenter or called to be a lawyer or called to work wherever you work, I wholeheartedly believe you're called to that. But I wholeheartedly believe you're also called to the miraculous. You're also called to the spiritual, to the supernatural. And I'm not making this up. This is clearly, clearly in Scripture. And to me, I want the full thing. I don't want, like, a little version of Christianity, you know, if there's a more to be had, I want more. My wife gets mad at me because I'm like an obsessive person when it comes to hobbies. I think most men, we kind of are. When we get into something, we don't just kind of get into it. I remember I, before we moved here, I was a wedding photographer. And I remember constantly, constantly, new camera, new lens, new this, new that. I gotta have the best, gotta have the best, gotta have the best, right? That's just how guys are. And then I've been through so many hobbies in my life. I remember in high school, I was a musician. You can't just have any guitar. You can have the guitar, you know? I worked at KFC in high school, didn't have any bills or anything. I was at the music store constantly. Like, just, oh, got to have the best, got to have the best, got to have best because I'm like an obsessive person about everything, and I like haven't been in control of myself. My wife's, like, tamed me, but she's like, you can't be this obsessive about everything. I, I want to be the best at everything. But we need to have that same attitude when it comes to our walk with Jesus. Is I want to have, if Jesus has more for me, I want more. You know, if there's more to be had, then I want more. When you get, when you're eating at someone's house and dinner's done, there's always that awkward time when you want to know if there's dessert or not. Right? So, did you make anything else? You know, it's like that awkward. If there's dessert, you want dessert. Right. It's like, why is that pie in the fridge? Bring it out, man. Like, let's do this. There's more. And the same way in your life, there's a pie left in the fridge. If you haven't experienced the miraculous, God's saying, let's take out dessert. Let's have the good part. So when it comes to this speaking in tongues thing, it's like, okay, what's this all about? I'm totally down for praying people and they being healed. Totally down for that. I'm totally for, I guess I'm down for like demon-possessed people, like them not being possessed anymore. You know, I'm down for that stuff. Okay, but speaking in tongues, what is this about? Why in the world would God do this whole speaking in tongues thing? Okay. Why in the world? So 1 Corinthians chapter, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to, I'm just going to read a couple of verses through here. First, I'm going to read verse two for the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. Then later down in verse four, it says this, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. So communication is a humongous part of us being humans, humongous part of us being humans my wife almost her entire family speaks spanish all the time whenever we're we're out there at her grandma's house or anything there's like very english being spoken and i I, my spanish is not very good so all the time they're talking they're doing all this stuff and i'm just like oh yeah 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 mm -hmm, mm -hmm." like do you know what we're talking about no no not at all but they're able to communicate, they're able to build friendships, they're able to do this. When I was dating my wife, it was like texting all the time, right? What you doing? Nothing? Me neither, right? Like, just texting all the time, texting, texting, texting. Communicating, building a relationship through communication is the way we build relationships, right? All the time. That's why guys do things that don't take any communication, right? Let's, let's work on the car, okay? Got a wrench, cool, sweet. That's guys' communication, right? We're not going to talk about deep things, right? Communication is everything. We communicate. We build relationships. We're able to communicate in the natural. We pray to God. We talk to him with words that everyone understands. It's the natural. That's like Adam's communication. That's the tortilla chips communication. We can pray. We can talk to God. We can worship him. That's in the natural. Okay? Okay. Then all of a sudden, we see in Acts chapter 2, God tells, or Jesus told his disciples, I'm leaving, but I want you guys to go and pray for this gift that I'm going to give you. All of a sudden, they get together, they start praying, and this weird thing starts happening. They start speaking in tongues. No one understands what's going on. It's in a weird language. No one else can understand it. Really need to recognize that. No one else could understand that. If other people could understand it, would it be supernatural? No. If you can understand it, it's what? Natural. Right? If you can wrap your brain around it, it's not better than you are. If you can understand it, then you're just as smart as that. Right? My wife, I will never understand her, ever. Because she's a woman. Right? They're just different. That's why, guys, that's why we marry you. Women, Because you guys are fascinating to us. You guys think in different ways than we do. You do stuff that's weird. You take a really long time to get ready. We're like, they're different. There's something different about them. And we will never, ever understand you. That's why we like you. Because we don't understand you. That's part of being married. That's part of being in a relationship. It's the beauty of it. And girls never understand guys, ever. My wife, all the time asks me things and I try and explain it to her. You feel like that? Well, yeah. Well, I don't feel like that. Well, you're a girl. I'm like, God, we feel differently about different things, right? We're different and we'll never understand each other because we're totally different people. In the same way, we are totally different people than God. God is infinitely smarter than we are. The book of Isaiah says his ways are higher than our ways. Our ways are not his ways. If we could understand everything God does, he would not be God. He would be a Joe. He would be a Jack. Oh, I know everything he does. He's just like a human. There wouldn't be anything special about him. But the beautiful thing about the God we worship is he's beyond us, he's beyond anything we can do. And so he's given us a language that we don't understand because it's not meant for the natural. As it says here, the one who speaks in tongues utters mysteries to man. No one understands it. In our, in our prayer time before services on Wednesdays, I almost always pray in tongues. And, um, and Andy, the Dream Center director, his son, always for some reason ends up next to me during prayer. And I always start speaking in tongues next to him. And he's, sometimes I can't really tell like, if he's weirded out or not. And sometimes he's like, yeah, I have no idea what you were praying, but it was cool, man. It's like, exactly. He doesn't understand because it wasn't for him. And it's not even necessarily for my mind, but it's for my spirit. Because God wants to communicate and build up not just my physical man, but also my spiritual man. It's easy to build up a physical man. You go to college. You can work out. You can do these things. You can sharpen your skill set. You can become more disciplined. You can do all these things. These are all working for the physical but how in the world do we build up the spiritual calling, the spiritual part of our life through the speaking in tongues? Paul tells us in this passage that he urges us to speak in tongues, to pray in our spirit each and every day, to build up our spirit. Okay, so William, can I talk about this weird stuff? What is the whole importance of my spirit man being full? Why can't I just go along with the calling of Adam? Why do I need to also do Adam and Jesus? What's funny in the New Testament is it says there's a fruit of the spirit. It doesn't say fruit of the natural. It doesn't say fruit of good behavior, fruit of skills. It doesn't say that. It says fruit of the spirit. The spirit. These are the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Right, I went to I went to um, I went to Sunday school a lot growing up. Okay, I know these. Right, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. For me, I want all of those things in my life, and for a long time, I've struggled with all of those things. I haven't had necessarily joy in my life. There's times where I had anger issues. There was time where I lacked self control. There was times I had all these things. There's times I wasn't faithful to things I was committed to. All these things. And I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked and I tried to improve. I tried to improve my mind. I tried to do all this stuff, but I never really made progress. There wasn't a true transformation in my life because I thought this was the fruit of the natural. But then something changed in my life when I realized I'm much more than just a natural man. But there's a whole spiritual side to me. And all of a sudden I was, as weird as it sounds, I had a pastor tell me, start praying in tongues more. And I was like, dude, you are weird. He was like, start praying in tongues more, building up your spirit, build up your spirit, pray in tongues. I'm like, all right, man. Then all of a sudden I started to pray in my spirit more and more and more. You know what happened? There was more love in my life. There was more joy in my life. There was more peace in my life. There was more patience in my life. There was more self-control in my life. There was more faithfulness in my life. All of these things began to pour out because my spirit was healthy and therefore when your spirit is healthy, it flows into the natural. When we have a healthy spirit, it flows into the natural. But something crazy even further than that happens. When we have a healthy spirit and that spirit comes into the natural, there's this thing that happens called the supernatural. The disciples lived this out. I used to think the disciples in the book of Acts, the reason that they performed miracles and all of these things happened through them, I thought it was just because they got like baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues, and they went through like this rite of passage, then all of a sudden they, ha- they could do miracles. I thought it was like a boot camp. Here's Here's your stamp of approval. Now you can do the miraculous. I used to think that's what it was. Until I read this passage again in 1 Corinthians. The reason that they all of a sudden had the miraculous follow them was because they learned how to communicate on a spiritual level with God. All of a sudden, they were talking every single day with God, not just in the natural, but in the spiritual. So then all of a sudden, when they were going into situations, it wasn't just their mind was sharp. It wasn't just that they were wise. It wasn't just the natural. But all of a sudden, their spirit was able to do something amazing. Their spirit was in tune with the Holy Spirit. Their spirit was in tune with God. And when they walked into situations, the supernatural happened. You want to know something crazy in the book of Acts? You never see the apostles pray for someone. You almost never do. They see a sick person. You know what they say? Be healed. There's there's a person that's uh, full of uh, demons. There's this crazy story that happens. In the the gospels, when the disciples encountered a demon-possessed person, they got jumped. Legitimately happened. They got beat up by a demon-possessed person, got left naked. They got jumped. Okay? Happens. It's in the gospels. You should read it. Then, all of a sudden, they start praying in the spirit language. Then they are walking through the city performing in the miraculous, and there's a demon-possessed person that's yelling at them, demon-possessed person yelling at them. In the past, they were, like, scared of demon-possessed people. They got jumped, all this stuff. Also, in the book of Acts, they look at this girl who had been telling the future through a demon, all this stuff, and it says that they were annoyed. They were annoyed by her. They just looked at her and said, demon, come out. Demon came out. Same people. Wasn't different people. When we have a healthy spirit, when we walk into situations, things change. We no longer have fear in our lives of what could possibly happen to our family. When we're healthy in the spirit, all of a sudden we're not like, oh, no, I hope things don't happen with my children. I hope these things don't happen into our family. When we're healthy in the spirit, we rebuke Satan and tell him he doesn't have a place here. When we rebuke him, he steps away. But we have to recognize that we have two callings. Yes, we're 100% called, the, just as Adam was. But we are also called in the spirit to perform the miraculous, to prophesy, to heal, to do all of these things. And I pray that each and every one of you would not miss out on the second half. You, lots of you have the chips and salsa, right? But I pray... That you would seek this gift of speaking in tongues, that you would seek this out. Would you stand with me this morning?? Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you could. I just want you focusing on yourself right now, with your eyes closed. You see, I think God is calling some people today. He's calling you out of just the ordinary. The series we have is called Miracles, the Miraculous. And for so many of you, you guys have just settled for chips and salsa. But God is calling you this morning to something new. He's calling you this morning to a deeper relationship than you've ever had. God doesn't just want to connect with your heart and with your mind. He wants to connect with your spirit, with your soul today. God wants you to go into the community and not just pray for people, but to free them of their addictions. To go into the city and see those that are sick be healed. He wants to see you to be able to walk into a situation and tell Satan that he has no place there. God is speaking to you today. And I think it's time for many of you to come forward and say, you know what? I'm ready to receive this. I'm ready to have a new connection with God. I'm ready to connect with him like I've never, ever connected with him before. We're going to have some of the prayer team up here. And if today you're saying, I want this. Today, I'm ready to receive a new language that I get to communicate with God in. Today, if you're ready to receive that, I challenge you to come to the front right now. Today, if you're saying, this gift is something I want, I challenge you to come forward right now. So many people coming forward. Be brave enough to say, you know what, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to receive something I've never received before. And for those of you that have already received this gift, I challenge you to seek this out on a daily basis. For it to not be something that just happens every once in a while, but to for it to be something, you know what? I'm going to build up my spirit each and every day. So today we're going to have our prayer team come and pray over you. To come and walk with you through this. As the worship team sings a slow song. So I challenge you, even if you're in your seats today. To just begin to worship God and connect with your spirit to God. Let me say a prayer for all of you today. Lord Jesus, I just pray that something would be released today that has never been released before. God, you are doing something new in this city. God, you're doing something new in this church. And I pray that we would realize that you are doing a movement in this church that you have never done before. That's never happened anywhere on this earth before, God. That if we are obedient and we hear your voice, God, that you want to do something like you've never done before here in Peoria, God. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would have an open heart to you. That we would allow your Holy Spirit to come, to, be, to dwell inside of us, God, for us to communicate with you on a level that we have never, ever communicated with you before, God. That we would have a closeness with you, that we would begin to see your miraculous work through us each and every day, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, you're doing something new in this room, God. And I just pray that that would be released today. Lord, we worship you in the name of Jesus. Amen.